You're listening to Music Tectonics. Hey everyone, welcome to Music Tectonics, the podcast where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host for this episode, Tristra Newyear Jaeger, Director of Strategy at Rock Paper Scissors, the PR firm specializing in music innovation. Joining me today is Jerome Van Erf. Oh my gosh, Jerome, did I get your name right at all? <laughs> Perfectly. <laughs> no, you're being very gracious, but um, Jerome is a true mover and shaker in the European music tech space. He's an investor at Lean Square and an instigator and startup whisperer at Wallafornia, and we'll hear more about what that is. But it's a, in part, it's a music tech summit that's held annually in Liège, Belgium, a really cool place. We'll hear also more a little bit more about Liège. So Jerome and his team are based there, and but he's joining us today um, on the internets, and I'm really glad you could make. It. Thanks so much, Jerome. Uh, thank you for the invitation. I'm very happy to be part of this awesome podcast. <laughs> don't 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 uh, don't heap your praise on too too soon here. Um, but Jerome, I'm sure my quick intro didn't do your work full justice at all. So can you give us a quick rundown of what you do? Yes, sure. Um, so um, so I'm based in Belgium. Uh, as you can hear, I speak. French. I have a big French accent. Uh, so um, I, my main job is to work for a VC named Noshak, N-O-S-H-A-Q. And Noshak is basically a fund of funds. So uh, our, our mission is to invest in other funds. We are working for Noshak. We are more than 80 people. Uh, and we invest in many sectors like biotech, uh, um, life science, uh, qualitative agri-food, um, industry 4.0, uh, creative and cultural industries, um, etc., etc. Uh, Noshak Fono has already invested in more than 1818 funds, uh, and those funds invest uh, themselves in companies. Uh, myself, I'm part of one of those 18 funds, and the name, the name of this fund is Lean Square, which invests in entertainment and tech companies. So we invest in music tech, sports tech, and esports tech. That's, I, I would say, my, my main job is to work for the fund. But as we are, and I can imagine it's a little bit weird for American guys, as what, what I will say is that we are partly public, partly private. So the money invested in the, the fund is partly from private companies and partly for, for, from public actors. That's so we have can we stop a second? I'm really yes. I'm really interested to to explore that a little bit more. Is that a typical setup in Europe, or is that unique to uh, what you do? It's not unique, and it's not typical. Uh, <laughs> um, so we have some full v, full uh, full uh, private VCs in Europe. We have also some full public VCs investors. I would say more investors in Europe. And we are we are a kind of a mix of those guys. So concerning this public part, as we are public private, we have two main missions. First, yes, we have a fund and we have to be profitable. It's it's our part of our mission. We are real VC, and uh, our shareholders, like the public shareholders or the private shareholders, ask us to have profitability, uh, like with every fund. But as we are public, we have a second mission: is to be part of the co-creation of. Uh, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial ecosystem in the sectors I named, I named you in the introduction of the of this podcast. Um, 
Um, that's why in, um, in the sector uh, we invest with Lean Square, uh, we have developed uh, uh, an innovation platform, and that's California, to uh, connect the dots between uh, the global music industry, the global sport industry, and the global e-sport industry with the innovators. Why are we doing this? Uh, many reasons, but the many startups we 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 meet uh, we met uh, uh, every day. Um, they try to disrupt the music industry or the sport industry, and they try to do so without understanding the global. Uh, value chains of those industries. And you know that as much as me, they are not very, uh, that's very, they are very complicated industries. And so during the programs we organize with California, so the acceleration programs and also during the summit, we, our objective is to learn them and to help them to understand better the music industry, for example, when we, we speak about music or the sports industry when, when we speak about sport. On the same time, we have also learned with our experience that the majority of the startups do not understand pretty well how to raise funds. So they raise funds too soon, too late with a public valuation, or sometimes they raise funds and they don't need funds. So during our programs, we also try to explain them or think VC, uh, what they need uh, before, during, and after fundraising. So um, to, to summarize, uh, we invest with Lean Square, with California. It's an innovation platform to connect the dots and to learn startup or to work in the music industry, but also in the VC world. And finally, my last at is a place, La Grand Poste, where we organized uh, California um, three weeks ago. And it's where we uh, permit the local entertainment tech ecosystem to gather to develop projects. Wow, that's great. I, no wonder you're an incredibly busy man. So I'm really glad you took a few minutes to talk with us about all of this stuff. So I want to speak specifically about music innovation, since that is uh, what our podcast is dedicated to, though I would love your insights about how um, any cross-pollination, any connections you see with esports and sports as well. But what is the music innovation scene like in Europe right now? Like as you as you think about what's happening in your corner of the world, What's it feel like? What's going on? What's the general vibe? Okay, so first of all, we have decided with the fund uh, to invest in four different, ki different kinds of technologies. And you will you will understand that we, we cover major the majority of the technologies in the music industry. First, we are interested to invest in fan engagement uh, uh, technologies, so the, the, the technologies that helps artists, or not only artists, to be connected and to monetize uh, the uh, fund databases. Uh, we see a lot of them now, uh, not only in Europe, uh, mm -hmm. startups developing, developing tools in this field first. Secondly, uh, as uh, we are very connected with uh, Les Ardentes, which is one of the biggest music festivals in Belgium, uh, the last edition we had, we, we had more than 200,000 uh, attendees during the festival. So with those guys, we try also to uh, check what what are the innovation for uh, for festivals? So smart places, uh, and you directly see the connection with the sport industry because the technologies developed for uh, festival or for gig rooms could be used also in stadiums or or other places uh, used uh, in the sport industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and definitely many innovation on this too. The third one uh, is more around rights and data's mon um, monetization around that. Um, and we know that uh, there's a lot of challenges in the industry around the rights tech uh, issues. And finally, and it was 
we 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 saw way more technologies uh, on the market during COVID and after COVID. Uh, those are the technologies around um, access to content. So broadcasting, broadca broadcasting, sorry, streaming, curation, and and uh, and also technologies like uh, uh, metaverses, etc., etc. Uh, maybe. Uh, when we received this year the application uh, on the acceleration program, so we received more than 150 applications from, I think, around 30 countries on our acceleration program. Um, I can we selected 12 of them for the, the program, but I can say that uh, there is a trend, but not only in Europe, it's, it's, a, it's a global trend around blockchain, NFTs and metaverse. Uh, some of them were great. Uh, some of, the, of them, I, I will not say, I will never say they, are, they were not great because entrep uh, all entrepreneurs are great, but um, maybe not useful directly uh, for the music industry. Mm -hmm. um, but what we saw with NFTs is that some of them had real values uh, for for artists or for festivals or, or, or for the, the, the global music industry. Other ones, we directly uh, saw that it was only okay. We do that only to make money in the short term, and and for us, it's very important when we invest in a company or when we help a company to have a positive impact on the industry and a qualitative impact. Uh, so qualitative positive is the same, but a long term impact uh, on the industry. That's why, yes, the trend is global trend. Yes, NFTs, metaverse, it's really important, but it's still a kind of buzzword right now, and we still need to see what will be the next big, big thing in this field. On the other side, also, we discussed with many actors from, from the music industry and not only in Europe. And many uh, of those actors, like labels, managers, uh, festivals, they told us, OK, it's great to, to see what's happening now uh, in, in Metaverse and NFTs, and we need to uh, to see what's happening. And we need to be, to be connected with those guys because we, we are we want to work with those technologies, but they all say that we also need to, uh, to to be connected or to check if I would say unsexy technologies exist in the field. I would say um, uh, and, um, data analysis for for the the, the crowd in a festival, um, right stack. Uh, I, I don't like to say it's unsexy, but it's not sexy like NFTs and and metaverse. Uh, if you if yeah. you understand what I mean, absolutely. And so, Definitely, the music industry is more looking for, I would say, uh, in under parentheses, unsexy technologies that on, than only sexy technologies. Yeah, there's some long-standing problems that um, <laughs> that that the newest, coolest, shiniest thing won't necessarily address or um, won't address fully. So it's a very good point. I'm wondering if you could help. For, most of our listeners tend to be in the U.S. And uh, or in North America. And I'm wondering if you can help, I mean, as someone who is so connected globally, if there's if you can help us understand what's a little bit different about the way things work in Europe versus other parts of the US. And when you brought up NFTs, that makes me think specifically about the regulatory environment and just any other sort of regional challenges or differences or positive sides that you think are interesting. Yeah, so first, uh, in terms of investment, uh, I would not say it's global, but we see a big difference between the stages uh, when startup raise funds. For example, uh, when we, we say in Europe, you are in the seed stage, 
it's more your Series A. Uh, when we use, use your startup, say we are in seed, in Europe, we are more pre-seed. Uh, for example, us with Lean Square, we invest in, in, in startup in seed stage, uh, and it's, it is with existing revenues. Uh, and uh, many startups we see for, coming from the US asking us, oh, would you be interested to invest in us? Um, the majority is saying that they are in seed stage, they have no revenues yet. I don't say it's good or, or, or bad or better in the US. Or better it's just in a cultural uh, difference that's it's, significant. It's yeah. just uh, 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 the vocabulary. Fascinating. That's <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, uh, yeah, another part, another another thing very important in the Europe, specifically when you are around data, databases, etc., is that we have our GDPR. Uh, I don't know if you know the GDPR. Oh yeah, uh, legal <laughs> stuff. And in Europe, it's very complicated. Yeah, and so you cannot do everything you want with the data in Europe. Uh, I'm pretty sure you read some some papers on, on on medias in the US that it's complicated in Europe around that. Uh, so when you come and you do, you want to develop uh, some stuff around fan engagement, pay attention or rights, etc. That you cannot do everything you want with data in Europe. That's okay. really interesting. Yeah, how are people how are people solving that? Are they just changing the way their product works, or are there some yes. kind of safeguards or something in place? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, every case is different, but uh, mm -hmm. um, f first of all, no, the GDPR is not new. So no, every new startup no knows that it exists. So if they don't know that, it's it's not normal. Uh, but that if they existed. If this the the, the West already existed, they have to change their product. Yes, um, maybe something different in Europe, but you know that, and it's complicated in Europe when you try to enter a market. Is that we is that we speak many different languages, <laughs> and not Wait, everyone. Not you don't everyone all speak speaking. English. What exactly? <laughs> Sorry, and you have to translate your your platform, your your tool in different languages. Yes, in the innovation world, everyone is speaking English, but when we you. Try to connect even with with uh, companies, uh, customers, B two B, or with the B two C world. Not everyone is speaking English, mm -hmm. and it's not easy because if you want to enter a market and and to go to five different countries, you have to know that you have maybe to translate it in different languages. And, and yeah, example, and not even not even yes. translate it, but sort of re rethink it and reframe it sometimes because there are some pretty significant cultural differences across exactly. Europe, right? It's not just, oh, I'm going to turn this from Spanish into German. It's like, well, how will a Spanish user approach this versus a German yeah, user? It could I, be very different. And for example, it's not to, to, to sell my country, Belgium, but Belgium is a small country <laughs> in the middle of Europe. But in our small country, so very small, 10 million people, so it's not big, um, we speak three different languages, <laughs> uh, Dutch, German, and French. And uh, and so when uh, an entrepreneur in Belgium tried to develop something inside the country, directly it's a kind of, of uh, small Europe. Uh, and and so he, he can test uh, what or her, what he or, or she's doing uh, in a small country before going further um, in, in other countries in Europe. Oh, that's cool. So you're saying that Belgium is like the ultimate B beta test, <laughs> beta exactly. testing ground. That's really cool. Um, well, wonderful. Thank you so much for, for giving filling us in on that. We're going to take a really quick break and then we'll be more, back with more um, from Jerome of Wallafornia. Does your company belong at the center of the conversation about music, tech, and innovation? Listen, you should consider sponsoring the Music Tectonics Conference. 
It takes place in person October 25th through the 27th, 2022 in the Music Tech Hub of Los Angeles. Top tier sponsorships are selling fast, but we still have a spot for you, whether your business is a hungry startup or an industry leader already. Every sponsorship level comes with an exhibitor booth at the Lowe's Santa Monica Beach Hotel on October 26th, the main conference hub for keynotes and panels. Your company will be at this epicenter of music, tech, and innovation throughout the event. That's just one perk of being a sponsor at Music Tectonics. You could be a guest on this podcast or even play a role in conference programming. Interested? Let's talk. Go to musictectonics.com to start the conversation with our contact form. And now, back to the show. Hey, we're back with Jerome from Wellifornia and Lean Square, and he is talking to us today about music innovation in Europe and all of the crazy and cool things that go along with that. So um, one question that I was always thinking about as I was walking around at Wellifornia is there seems to be... Um, so many connections between European, American, and and also other global entrepreneurs and um, people in the space. However, we can always do better, right? There's always more bridges we can build. And I'm wondering, as someone who has been involved in building those bridges for, what, decades? Um, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about how U.S. companies could prepare themselves better to work with EU investors or fellow innovators, collaborators. What could bring us closer together? What could we do to make the environment even more friendly for um, cross-cultural collaboration? You mean between Europe and the U.S.? Correct? Yeah, specifically. Okay. I mean, that's just, you know, I'm just being the typical American focused on America, but <laughs> that would be great if you could country, speak to that. <laughs> uh, with one language. <laughs> so it's, 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 a, it's a luck to have that. It's a yeah, that. Though we're all thinking our own crazy thoughts here. but <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, first, uh, I would say first, if you're okay with that, on the opposite, if an American startup or partner would like to enter the, the, the European market, we have created, and um, the majority of them were at California three, three weeks ago, we have created a kind of innovation platform named uh, Music Tech Europe with 10, with 10 countries, um, musictecheurope.org. And if you want to have information on certain market in Europe, uh, definitively Music Tech Europe is the, 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 the people to contact. For example, in Belgium, I am the guy with Coralie <laughs> uh, if you want to, to have some connections in, in Belgium. But if you are, want to have some connection in, in Sweden, in Norway, in France, in Germany, in Spain, in Greece, in Italy, um, I named it. Um, those guys are the music tech guys from their own countries. So if you want to enter the market, do not hesitate to contact us. That's our job to help you to be in contact with the, 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 the best people on the right time. On the opposite, I think definitively we could do the same um, to, to create connections. First of all, Tristra, some awesome guys from, from US, we at California, is trying to have more people from Europe in your events like uh, in Music Tectonics, uh, Summit, etc., etc. Um, I think that could be a good idea because you know that as as much as as better as me is that yes we can do a lot of great stuff online but the real trust is created when you see people in real absolutely you, you drink a beer glass of wine or, or just a cup of coffee um uh, and it's important so i think creating bridges between events could be great uh first uh on the opposite i think creating also 
a point of contact in the US, like we are doing with you, like also I'm doing with uh, a, guy, a guy like uh, John Sozaro uh, from Edatic Ventures and all the great people in the US, is when a, a European startup would like to enter the market. And I know that it's a global market, but you have many states and all states are different in the US. It's maybe um, having some, not a lot, but some point of contact that could help European startup to ask the question to those guys to enter the, the, the American market. So for that, that's, I think, quick wins. On the same time, creating some, yes, music tectonics. Like, yes, we have World of Music Tech, uh, Summit. But maybe try to, to, maybe to, to, to create some meetups together, online meetups. Uh, and not only, uh, I would be very happy. Uh, it, it, it's a proposition uh, to, <laughs> to, to have a kind of content around music tech and Europe inside mm -hmm. music tectonics. On the opposite, it would be great to have uh, during California Music Tech Summit an overview by you guys on the American market. There are many ideas. You begin to know me, Tristra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's great to have a big vision and, and, and to try to create many stuff. But let's let's begin with some stuff concrete yes. and let's do it together. Well, that's really great. And and you, you heard it here, folks. It's happening in real time on this podcast. Um, the bridge is being built <laughs> and hopefully we'll meet in the middle over the Atlantic somewhere. Um, I, this, is, this is super cool. And I really love what you're saying, Jerome, that to find local... Um, local guides, for lack of a better uh, way to put it, people who are willing and able and have sort of chosen to take on the the mantle of I will I'll be your Virgil, I will walk you through this market and help you figure out what to do in Spain or Greece or Germany. That's that's a really really great piece of advice, and I think most folks in the U.S. aren't even aware that these organizations exist. Um, so we'll we'll put some more info in the show notes too to help people start to learn about. Uh, the Music Tech Europe kind of uh, network, because that's really exciting for Americans. There's not one central place to go really here. And uh, uh, we don't have that private public partnership as uh, as strong and as intertwined as as many European places do. Yeah. And, and maybe if I can add something. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurship uh, in tech and not only in tech and not only in music tech, before being around technology, it's around people. Um, Absolutely. As a fund, before checking the technology or the market, we check the people in the companies because it's all around execution. Uh, but also when we create partnership like we are doing, the this discussion, it's always all around people. Um, and so creating bridges between the continent, between also the states that we are doing between the countries in Europe, for us, it's really important, especially, specifically in the, the creative and cultural industry to do so, uh, because they are not always used to entrepreneurship and to, and, and to technologies. Uh, and it's always, uh, you know, you, you have the same kind of job, of job than mine. Oh, did you meet this guy? Oh, did you meet this woman? You have to, to discuss yeah. with him or her. And that's where the real magic is created. And that's also the one of the most fun parts yes. <laughs> of our jobs, I would argue. <laughs> and when something cool comes of that, it's it's one of the best things in the world. So we're going to take another super quick break and we'll be right back. Whoa, the ideas are flying fast on this episode. If you want to follow up on anything we're talking about today, we've made it easy. Head over to musictectonics.com and find this episode on the podcast page. You'll see show notes full of links and a timestamped roadmap of the conversation. We're not responsible for internet rabbit holes you tumble down in the process. Now, let's get back to the conversation. 
Hey, we're back with Jerome of Wallafornia and Lean Square and many, many other projects and ideas. Um, Jerome, now this is my favorite part of the podcast. I get to ask the guest, which is you, of course, um, for a really, uh, to basically go go through an, an exercise in imagination. Um, you can get a little sci-fi. You can uh, think about this however you want. Um, but my favorite thing to hear about is, so let's just say it is 10 or maybe even 50 years from now, what is your ideal music-related tech dream world? That's, I mean, you're, you're there right now. And what does it look, sound, feel like? What, are you, what do you think people will be experiencing in a decade or half a century? What things do you see now that you would love to see develop and grow and blossom in the future? Okay. <laughs> yeah, threw that one out of you, sorry. <laughs> so, no, no, no problem, no problem. So first of all, uh, and it uh, it's not specifically on tech, but I will give you content about tech after. <laughs> I really hope that in 20 years, we will still go uh, to festivals, to gig rooms, uh, drink beer with friends, doing a, a concert, because for me, that's that's really important. And that's the music industry. And also uh, continuing having new stuff from artists to listen at home when you are cool at home and when you, you have some friends to listen to music. So for me, I know it's, we have already that now, it's not the future, but for me, I really hope that it will be still the case in the future, and I, I, I'm really sure it will be the case. Um, concerning the, the next big thing uh, and the, the, the future, it's not easy. It's not an easy exercise, but um, I still think that metaverse, NFTs, are buzzword. Even we are, we are, we are seeing great innovation for now, speci specifically now these years uh, for the music industry. But I think that we will have more experiences than just than just going to concert thanks to metaverse, mm -hmm. and that we have a like, kind of second experience, an addition uh, to uh, to the, the real concern and more connections, more direct connections with artists. Yes, we know that now that's the objective, but it's not already the case that you have a yes you can discuss with your artist in social medias but it's not always easy for them to discuss with all their fans um, more connections direct connection with fans thanks to metaverse but also um i think um more uh can i say that more uh redistributed revenues for artists uh, to help them to to create the business because we all know that a small a small part of the of the artist uh, earn, earn money to live and the majority it's not possible so i think that blockchain nft would help that and i really hope it will work it will work i'm pretty sure but for me it's important to keep this real life stuff because the music is that is experience is magic is uh feelings uh with artists with friends during a concert i don't know if i answer a question you it's did perfectly next big thing yeah and if i can add another stuff for me definitively uh, entrepreneurs know if i can uh, advise them some stuff please don't all go into those NFTs and metaverse. There are a lot of challenges <laughs> in the next years for all the value chains of the music industry, not only artists, not only festivals, not only labels, all the industry. And uh, they need innovation because some of them are too bigger or too small to, 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 to develop, develop that them, themselves. And not everything in, is, is inside the big, big, big tech. Uh, or deep tech uh, and they need I'm pretty sure you can develop a business that will have a big impact in 10 years now in I would say unsexy tech 
So let's talk about the future of unsexy tech. Where um, let's let's not and let's not think fifty years in the future where we'll all be I don't know, eating carbon burgers and floating around or whatever in our spacesuits, kind of <laughs> kind of crazy futurist stuff. Let's talk a bit about like in ten years. Where do you hope this unsexy tech will take the music business? It's always complicated. During the Axel Sam program, we had many discussions be- yeah. for the startup between uh, festival organizers. We had uh, the, 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 the programmer of Les Ardents. We have some game from we have the, mm-hmm. we had the CEO from Sonar, and they all said that uh, yes, for them. Uh, it's a new way of seeing what they are, they are doing with metaverse and with NFTs. Yes, they are checking that, but they all need, uh, they all need, uh, and I speak on myself, they all need uh, more. Um, they have a lot of data, a lot of data. Yeah. They don't know what to do with those data. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know some startups have a lot of gr- stuff to do with that. I, 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 I can say around ticketing, around, around um, food and, and beverage sales, around uh, security on stage and, 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 and all the crowd stuff uh, do, do, doing big festival. And they have a lot of information and they, don't, they know that they can do stuff with that to sell more tickets. Uh, to, to give more, more detail for the sponsors, uh, for the artists, but also to, to have a more safety festival. Uh, for example, uh, during a, a big festival, uh, they have, they, we have, pro- uh, we have, there are, there are some problems around, uh, uh, health, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and also, um, uh, not a lot, but some bad men with women. I can, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Place, there's, there's, and all to, mm-hmm. to, because when you are in a festival, you are, you, and you, and that's all, 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 that's for everyone. You are in a kind of bubble in a festival. You are yeah. not in the real world. You are, you are in a in kind of bizonours. I can say that bizonours. I don't know if you know the world, but it's 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 it's, it's a cartoon. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, you are with your friend, and you you are not so aware as you are in your city, yeah. uh, walking in the street. And they need to the, the organizers. They need to keep those festivals again a kind of secure place. Uh, so. I've I've said a lot of stuff around festival organizers. I not I don't say it's not sexy tech. It's important tech Very for those guys yeah. to organize a, a secure but also a, a, a profitable festival. Yeah, it's tough to even know who is in the mosh pit or in your room sometimes as a promoter or a festival organizer. I mean, who yeah. just because someone bought a ticket, you don't know who else. You know, maybe they bought five tickets. And who are the other four people there? What do they want? Who are they? Um, what do they need? Are they? Yeah, are they safe? Those are all really great questions. And um, you know, it would be great to find some data-driven ways to help uh, promote better behavior at festivals and you know prevent major incidents and also let people have more fun. And yes, more fun. And if I can add another example, but I can name you a lot of examples, <laughs> CMOs. CMOs. Uh, so in Belgium, Sabam, we have Sassem in France. So you know those guys. Yeah. Um, they all have also a lot of data. <laughs> oh, yeah. They have so, and they all know the data. They, they are developing <laughs> great stuff, but that's not specifically their job to. To, 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 to innovate there, do that. For example, SASEM has just developed the SASEM Lab. That's a great initiative. Um, and yes, when you are young entrepreneurs, you, you want to, to go to more to, 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 the, to the sexy tech part. But guys, please, yes, you can do so. I don't say you don't have to do that. But those guys, so the, the music industry needs also unsexy tech. I love it. It's a, this, this podcast has been a plea for um, 
you know, international understanding and unsexy tech innovation. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jerome, for taking the time out from your um, 10,000 plates that you have spinning to come and talk with us. Thank you very much for the invitation. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We have new episodes for you every week. Did you know you can dig deeper into all our episodes with the show notes at musictectonics.com. While you're there, look for the latest about our annual conference, sign up for our newsletter to get updates, or get the Music Tectonics app for music tech news. Everything we do explores seismic shifts that shake up music and technology, the way the Earth's tectonic plates cause quakes and make mountains. Connect with Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and find me, Dimitri Vitsa, if you can spell it, on LinkedIn. Bye-bye. You're listening to Music Tectonics.